Welcome to No Baller. I am Chris Rawl. It is Friday, July 16th. On today's show, the British Open and the elemental side of golf. Before we get there, I want to give you one reason why gambling should be legal in the state of Utah. Now, there are two inalienable truths in life. Number one, the British Open is the best golf tournament. And number two, Bryson DeChambeau is the biggest bumbling doofus in pretty much any sport right now. And when you combine those two things, you arrive at my bet today. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau plus 270 to miss the cut at the British Open. Now, that round is currently happening as I speak. So I'll have an answer as to whether or not DeChambeau misses the cut uh, within the next few hours. However, we have a very, very, very good reason why gambling should be legal in the state of Utah, uh, because it will give me one more reason to dogpile onto the least likable person in professional golf. And now, a word from our presenting sponsor, Traeger Grills. With your masquerading and you always call Traeger invented the original wood-fired grill over 30 years ago in Mount Angel, Oregon. They continue to lead the industry as the world's number one selling wood-fired grill perfected by decades of mastering the craft of wood-fired cooking. You can find out more at TraegerGrills.com. The elemental side of golf. Uh, That's where we're going to start today's show. Because there are many different avenues of joy for me uh, in my personal relationship with the game of golf. And I've spoken about many of those on other shows. And today I want to concentrate on one in particular, uh, nature. Um, this thing that I didn't necessarily think I would really fall in love with through golf, but over the course of the last nearly a decade, uh, it's become a really personal and important part of my relationship with the game. You know, it's these natural slopes that exist there on the earth, uh, the contours of hills and the trees that are there and the water and embedding all of these things that are a part of nature into a already challenging game. Uh, It's a really unique and cool combination of things, you know, part man-made and and part an incorporation of what nature has to offer. Uh, And this is one of the many ways that golf differs greatly from any of the major sports. Um, and this one in particular is one of the biggest ways, you know, the elemental side of the game and how big of a part that nature can play in an outcome of a round of golf or a tournament of golf. You look around the globe and you just see golf course after golf course after golf course that, yeah, they're all 18 holes and they have a hole cut into the ground on a green that's the same size and you try to hit a ball into that hole But beyond that, there's so much variety uh, that really ties into this natural aspect. You know, the actual length itself of the course on a hole-by-hole basis and then cumulatively speaking, uh, just the entire length of these 18 holes. You have these big beast of burden courses, you have these short courses, and there's all different challenges tied into simply the length of the course. Uh, The grass itself depending on what part of the United States you're in or what part of the world you're in, the actual grass that's grown, uh, it's very different. And depending on what type of grass you're playing on, your chips react differently or the ball reacts differently as you're putting across it. 
There's just a lot of nuance and understanding that has to go into this part of golf. Uh, Because the more that you know about the natural side, uh, the better you're equipped to try and survive on vastly different golf courses. You know, the firmness itself of the course. You play in certain areas of the world, you're going to get really soft and humid and your ball is going to plop in and stop. And in other parts, you're going to get really firm and your ball is going to bounce greatly. Uh, The speed itself, that can apply to the fairways, that can apply to the greens, how they're cut, how they're rolled, how fast your ball is going to be going and when it's going to stop. Uh, The hazards themselves, you have all different kinds. Water, that's traditional, but you got on the list of a million different ways that you can implement a hazard on a golf course. Uh, And again, you're finding there's a lot of different ways that nature being embedded into a golf course can present different challenges, no matter where you're at. Uh, And this is one of the most beautiful aspects of golf for me. Uh, It's the relationship with nature. And again, going back to my personal experience with it, it's one of the most beautiful aspects of playing the same course again and again and again, because you gain a greater understanding and comprehension of the natural side of things, the elemental side of this game, Um, this familiarity with the earth in one particular area. So for me, that's the Oaks at Spanish Fork. That's the golf course that I currently play the most. Um, And it's really cool to take a step back and go, I could literally describe every single aspect of this particular golf course uh, when it comes to the elemental side. I've played it for roughly eight years now, um, and most years it's pretty much every single day I'm at that place. Uh, And if you just cut each green into a five-foot-by-five-foot square, I could tell you what's going on. It's very bizarre, yet at the same time, it's really cool as a piece to the puzzle of the challenge of golf. And so now I'm better equipped in this one particular area, which is not the biggest area, but it's a piece. I'm better equipped than people who don't have that much knowledge of this particular area. Because I know if you get to hole number nine and you're above the hole on a front right pin, it's going to be about as fast of a putt as you're going to find on the golf course. You just have to tap it and it's going to get to the hole. Or I know that if you're chipping on hole 15 and the pin's here on the front, you have a backstop, you can run it up and it'll funnel it back down. It's the understanding of the earth as a way to make your own golf game better. It's part, uh, again, of what I love so much about golf. There's so many things that go into a round that if you incorporate them correctly, uh, you can shoot scores that you know you're proud of um it it ties into something that sounds like an oxymoron uh ever-changing familiarity but that's what golf essentially is i go back to my home course and i go yes you know i'm playing the same course every day and sometimes people will go isn't that kind of boring and i go shockingly no because despite the fact that i can know every single uh five foot by five foot quadrant of these greens and, and understand This is the way that the earth slopes on 18. And so if I miss to the right, it's going to funnel it back into where I want it to be. There's all different ways that uh, that you can change this experience. So the way that the pin is cut, how firm and how fast the green and and the fairways are every day, how the wind is blowing on any given day, uh, the actual direction of the wind. 
it's swirling, if it's coming out of the canyon, all this kind of stuff. It's a familiar place, very, very familiar. At the same time, on any given day, it's always changing. When you put those in conjunction with one another, the ever-changing familiarity of golf is like truly one of the coolest parts. So all this ties into what is currently going on in the professional golf world, the British Open, which, in my opinion, is the most compelling product that professional golf has to offer. And a very big reason why I believe this to be so is because it embraces the elemental side of golf. Uh, It doesn't shy away from it in a way that the PGA Tour uh, many times does. If you're familiar with the PGA Tour, many of their stops, it's kind of the cookie-cutter mold of golf. We're going to try and make this course soft, and we want all of the professionals in the field to be able to essentially come in and throw darts at a dartboard. You know, hit a fairway, flush an iron that stops right next to the flag, and try to putt it in. Uh, we want professionals to be able to hit a four iron from 240 yards and know for a fact that it's going to stop within five feet. This is kind of the side of golf that the PGA Tour leans into, uh, and one that I don't find to be particularly compelling. Um, it's creating conditions over and over to minimize the unknowable side of the game that is really brought out by nature. And that's something that I personally don't think is very entertaining nor compelling. And that's why the Open uh, is such a great tournament for someone like me, because it's the exact opposite of this. Um, It's elemental golf at its finest, which in turn stresses all aspects of your game, physical, emotional, and most importantly, mental, which, you know, I've been on record on this show as saying the mental side of golf is the most individual interesting aspect of any single sport. So right now, as I'm recording this episode, round two is underway. Uh, As soon as I get off talking into this microphone, I'm going to go back to watching it. But This tournament itself, uh, it creates a really compelling viewing product for a variety of reasons. And I want to read a quote from Justin Ray of The Athletic uh, that will help me get more into that side of this tournament. Experience matters at the Open. Since 2011, the average age of Open champions is a graying 35.7, the oldest of the four majors. Contrast that with the Masters, 31.5, PGA, 29.7, even with Phil Mickelson's win this year, and U.S. Open, 27.6, and hope is a bit less fleeting this week for some veteran competitors, end quote. So this ties into something that I really value about the Open and what I believe golf, or when I believe golf is at its best, when anybody in the field can win. Um, There's a lot of places that that is not true, And I think the reflection of the age of winners within the British Open over the last 10 years, it really speaks to this part of golf. Um, That on the elemental side, it increases the unknowability, and it in turn stresses all three of those aspects of your game. uh, Emotional, mental, physical. And so anybody in the field can really tap into those things in a way that different PGA PGA tour stops. It's all about the physical side. Uh, It has to be, you have to have a certain amount of length or you have to have this particular physical skill in order to contend. Um, At the open, it's more about 
understanding the rhythm of Lynx golf um, and not being submarined by this variability that comes with Lynx golf um, that can drive you mad if you're not properly equipped for it. So you have to have the shot making, obviously, that, that comes with any golf tournament, but then you have to be prepared emotionally for these twists and turns. You hit it down the fairway and it hits one of these nubs that exists at Royal St. George's. And the next thing you know, you're in a pothole bunker. You got to be emotionally equipped for that. And then the mental side, okay, I'm going to have to really think my way through this course. I can't rely upon just this monster mash method that you can on a lot of PGA Tour stops. You're going to have to think your way through every single shot. You're going to have to understand where are the areas that I can and cannot miss. Uh, I have to have this understanding and comprehension of nature on this particular course. So you look at the leaderboard right now. And again, this is changing as I speak because I'm recording it during round two. But this idea is really reflected by the diversity of skill sets and ages on the leaderboard itself. Right now, Colin Morikawa tops the leaderboard. Fantastic iron player, very young. Um, but there are a lot of different skill sets and ages there alongside him. Louis Oosthuizen, Jordan Spieth, those are the two most notable right there. Two very different golfers. Um, and then you go down and you say, there's a lot more uh, different styles. There's Tony Finau, uh, who you would expect to be more of the bomber variety. And instead, he's, you know, he's in the clubhouse after two rounds at four under. He's in the top 10 as I speak. Um, Scotty Scheffler, he's starting his round at three under. And you see a lot of different styles of golf succeeding on the same golf course in a way that you don't at a lot of PGA Tour stops. Spieth, uh, the dude who has, you know, come to symbolize the artistry of golf. Ustazen, the wizened vet. Beautiful golf swing and has turned into quite the major player over the last few years. Uh, Morikawa, young, iron striker. Finau, Scheffler, bombs away. You go further down and you see, again, even different skill sets. Somebody like Webb Simpson. Just a pea shooter off the tee, but one of the great approach players in the world. One of the very best players in the world around and on the greens. Um, Brian Harmon, similar style player, Stuart Sink, super old. He's there contending. Uh, you can just go down and look at player after player after player and go, oh, that's a really different player from that player. Oh, and that's a really different player from that player. It, it creates a really compelling viewing product in a way that I don't think a lot of other tournaments have. I think of another major like the U.S. Open, and it, it doesn't have this because every year the U.S. Open... Uh, anybody who follows golf says there's about you know 12 to 15 players who can win this tournament. Going in, we know this. Because the U.S. Open, it's all about length. It's about swing speed. It's about power. It's about the ability to generate enough clubhead speed to hack it out of the rough. Uh, and so you look down the leaderboard before the tournament has even begun, and you go, okay, Kepka, DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, players of that ilk, that's who can win. And then we get to the Open, and it's the opposite. It's golf at its best. Anybody in this field can win. I look at other sports, and this is what always creates the most compelling viewing product. That's why the NHL playoffs are, in my opinion, the very best playoffs in professional sports. Because, yeah, they're exciting. And ice hockey, it's a hell of a sport to watch. But more importantly, you get into the playoffs and you go, this game is somewhat random. And I know that in any given year, any of these teams can actually make a run at the Stanley Cup. We just saw it with Montreal. Uh, getting all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals this year. 
It's why the, NA, or the NFL is the very best sport, in my opinion, as a complete viewing product. Because going into any season, football has this constant churn of, oh, you were first place in the, in the division last year, now you're last place, and vice versa. And a team that is really bad can become really good super fast. And again, vice versa. Uh, it creates a lot of hope and a lot of uncertainty within what is going to happen in any individual game and really over the course of a season. Um, and this is what the Open really shines a light on. So the person who has probably generated the most news at this golf tournament so far is Bryson DeChambeau, who, in my opinion, has come to symbolize this brand of PGA Tour golf. The I want to be able to control golf within a lab. I don't want any variables. As many of those as I can take out of the equation, um, the better. And this has been successful. You know, he's won a U.S. Open. He's a major champion. He's won multiple PGA Tour events. But it's also a very specific brand of golf. And one that doesn't necessarily embrace this three-headed monster, if you will, that I think makes golf so compelling as a competitor and as a viewer. Physical, emotional, mental. Uh, You can see his brain melting down. Every time he comes and plays the Open, you know, he's not been successful at this particular major uh, because of his approach versus what the Open wants to test. Uh, His round one press conference after his round, it created a lot of news. You know, he does the whiny, uh, petulant Bryson stomping his feet like a child stuff that he's known for. My driver sucks, and yeah, I only hit four or 14 fairways, and I was screwed because this isn't the correct driver for me, and I also got screwed because I hit my driver out there, and I missed the fairway, and then I caught a bunch of flyer lies in the first cut, and then I hit it sometimes into the hay, and I had to hack it out, and I just got screwed in all these ways. And it made news for, first and foremost, it's another Bryson temper tantrum that I think a lot of people take Uh, joy and just kind of pointing a finger at and laughing because it is funny in its own right. But when you want to talk about this kind of stuff in a more nuanced way and you read between the lines of this, to me, it shows a shocking misunderstanding of like one of the most beautiful aspects of golf. It's the cerebral side, cerebral side and the emotional side and how those two things work in conjunction with one another. You know, I see Bryson in that press conference, and I go, how can you be a professional golfer and not understand that when you implement a bomb and gouge approach, hit the ball as far as I can and worry about the rest from there, at a course like Royal St. George's or at a tournament like the Open, how can you not comprehend that what that brings into play is uncertainty? Because if you miss it into the first cut, one thing we know about the first cut because we have an understanding of nature and how grass actually works, um, you can catch flyer lies. Or you can catch a ball that's buried down in that first cut. And now you're trying to judge, okay, this ball is coming out with less spin, and I'm going to have to land this 30 yards shorter than I normally would. How do I gauge where this should land, how it's going to release, and how I can then funnel that onto the flag in a way that you don't have to necessarily assess If your ball is in the middle of the fairway and you go, I know I can fly it by the hole and it'll stop because that's how a golf ball works in a fairway. Um, And if I employ a bomb and gouge approach, 
and I hack it through the first cut and it goes into the hay, well, that's what I bring into play when I'm just blasting and blasting and blasting away uh, with a driver off the tee. Um, the Open and Lynx Golf and this elemental side of the game, it requires shot making, obviously. Again, every single golf course will require that. But it really requires the ability to think. Uh, something that I don't necessarily think Bryson wants to do on the fly. And something that I think certain PGA Tour golfers also don't necessarily want to do on the fly. Uh, that's why the open leaderboard has such a constant churn of diversity in skill, diversity in age, diversity in approach, because it requires that particular ability. You have to think your way through every single shot. Uh, that's why somebody like Jordan Spieth is such a joy to watch in general, in my opinion, but on this particular golf course and this particular tournament, because he is somebody who is very in tune with the natural side of the game. He's somebody who really relishes playing and talking about after the round stuff like this, you know? Uh, yeah, I was in this particular lie and I really had to think, how is this ball going to come out when I hit it? Um, I don't necessarily practice this particular shot, but how is it going to react? And I'm going to have to think on my feet. And then I hit the shot and execute it and I go, that's really cool. You know, that's something I might necess not necessarily find at a PGA Tour stop or in a different major. Um, anytime you go to a different place and you try to take away one of these three things, the physical side, the emotional side, the mental side, it diminishes the enjoyability and the challenge of a golf round. I say this as a competitor on the amateur side. And I also say this as a viewer when I'm watching these professional tournaments. Um, and that's what I think the open really brings to the table. That's why in my opinion, again, it's the most, A, beautiful tournament, but B, the most compelling tournament to watch because it really stresses all those three things in equal measures. Um, and we've watched that over the course of, you know, almost two days. And as the leaderboard tightens and it really comes down the stretch and the pressure ratchets up, it creates a product that is unlike any other within the world of golf. So we go back to the elemental side of this game and of this tournament. I'm watching this morning before I get on this show, uh, and you just listen to the way the announcers talk about this tournament and the stuff that they say. You know, uh, you're not going to see a shot like this on the PGA Tour, and it's true. You just see them one after the other after the other. They'll cut to a different golfer, and they're going. All right, this is interesting. Let me explain the nuances of the shot. They're down here in this valley, and they can either bank it into the hill and pop it up, or they can try to fly it, but then you bring this into play, and it could leave it in the valley. There's so many different avenues that you can hit one particular shot. There's a lot of creativity that goes into the shot making itself. There's a lot of thinking that goes into the shot making itself. And then there's a lot of weathering that goes into the emotional side of Maybe I didn't hit the shot how I wanted and I'm in the exact same spot or I did hit the shot how I wanted, but it bounced slightly off the side of the snub and deflected it. And now I hit a shot that I thought was good and it's not. Um, before I get on here, you know, Justin Thomas, he's pacing off a shot close to a green, you know, he's 70 yards or so off this and he's walking it off 
and the announcers are talking about this particular aspect of this particular tournament and the elemental side of this game and, again, this tournament. And they're going, yeah, this is an interesting shot because he's really having to worry about where his ball is landing in particular. Um, He's landing it far short of the flag because you can't necessarily fly it to where this pin is at. And so now he's trying to judge, where do I have to bank this shot into? What's the best possible place? He's having to think on the fly. I'm sure in a practice round, Justin Thomas is not sitting there going, I'm going to have this weird 70-yard shot that I have to hit through these hills uh, into a valley and then try to ramp it up. And yet this tournament, it always requires you to think on your feet. Um, It requires you to care about things like angles and how on this particular hole with this particular flag, it's better to be over here or it's better to be over here. Again, this is not a lot of stuff that the PGA Tour embraces. They like to try and minimize the unknowable elemental side of golf. So we can see people flush irons and stop by the hole and make birdies and everybody cheers. And the Open, it wants to stress everything. That's why there's weird fairway mounds everywhere. Because you have to make a choice. If you're flying them into the mounds, you know there's an unknowable side of how that ball will react. So you either got to hit it short and run it through them, or you got to know going in that, yeah, this is a variable that I can't necessarily control, even if I hit a drive that's dead center. Uh, these pothole bunkers, they bring the same stuff into play. You hit a shot that you think is good, now it's slurping down the side and it's in a pothole bunker and you're hitting it out sideways. Um, this is all the stuff that the Open brings to the table. Um, and this is why it's the very best golf tournament. Because you have to have an understanding of nature and of the elements to survive at the open. Uh, And if you have that, then any professional skill set can contend, which in turn, you know, creates the most compelling viewing product, the most possible people trying to contend. Um, That's why this tournament is my favorite of the whole year, because it ties into all three things that I love about golf. You know, a physical, emotional, and mental test that really embraces the ever-changing familiarity of elemental golf. Thank you for listening to No Baller. This show is produced by Weston Tanner and can be consumed in a variety of ways. You can download it as a podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the platform of your choice. You can also view it in video form via the Beehive TV app which can be downloaded on Apple, Google, Roku, and Amazon Fire. For more information, go to noballer.com.